All right, everyone. So we're doing another candidate episode this week. But as I'm sure you've noticed, there are so many people running in the primary. We're up to 20 now. It's difficult to even keep track of them, much less figure out who's not a worthless piece of shit. They're all worthless, just to be clear. But I think I'm going to have a solution to help you keep track of all of them. <clears throat> I want to be the best there ever was. Remember them all. Yeah, that's my cause. Beto, Buttigieg, Yang, Sanders, Hickenlooper, Gabbard, Castro, Delaney, Harris, Messam, Swalwell, Ryan, Klobuchar, Moulton, Booker, Biden. Cowards, 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 one and all. Democrats, I'll search across the land. Look far and wide. Release from my heart the fuck off that's inside. Warren, Gillibrand, Williamson, Inslee. Cowards, 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 one and all. Cowards, one and all. Democrats. <laughs> I had this idea for like three weeks. I can tell. <laughs> I want to. I want to kill you, but you having to live the rest of your life with that hanging over you is is the worst punishment. You know, I, I've heard. You know, you ever heard a dream a dream? I uh, that was like that, as as how it impacted me. <laughs> yeah, you ever you ever heard of the Donner Party? That's how that impacted me. <laughs> Um, did you talk to anyone about this before you decided? <laughs> nope. Actually, I did. One person. Okay. Uh, how'd that go? That was their idea. We were uh, riffing back and forth. Uh, who Can you identify this person? I can. Yeah, what's Hold their on, address? Let me, let me pull their handle. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's at inevitably bored, old boogie soogie. All right. Uh, sir or ma'am or they... Don't ever speak to me or my co-host <laughs> ever again. <laughs> How closely did the lyrics scan? Relatively closely. Did, did coward rhyme with the, the, the line in the original? Catch him. Catch him, catch so, him, gotta catch, catch him all. Cowards, 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 one and all. It's not that far off. That's not that okay. bad. Okay, okay, yeah. Points, credit where to do. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Uh, the biggest issue is getting all 20 of their fucking names. I, I, we're doing this deep dive thing and I honestly didn't even know about four of these fucking people at least like, Oh, who like Eric Swalwell and like Marion Williamson. I have no idea who that is. Wayne Messam, who I vaguely know about from Florida, but I didn't realize is running. Ugh. Tim Ryan I, is running apparently. Yeah. And no who one knew? gives a shit about Tim Ryan, but like I'd honestly forgotten that Kirsten, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand was running. Until I just heard that song just now. So thank you for reinforming me. Because she welcome. has done fucking nothing yep. since uh, since she <laughs> made her announcement. Yeah, her campaign, much like that song, of disaster. Fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> Again, but it's so liberating. It doesn't matter because that happened. You're welcome. <laughs> Halfway through, did, did you feel like your enthusiasm waned? No. I felt like I heard a little wane in enthusiasm. It didn't feel like you were getting more excited about the project uh, when you were halfway or about 400 minutes in. No, I just don't like that the second verse, which is also supposed to have a bunch of names, I ran out of names. Because 20 isn't enough to fill up a Pokemon rep. That's true. There are, there are 150 Pokemon. Fuck you, Mew. <laughs> Wait, does that include like Articuno and all those? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Thank you. The original 150 includes the three legendary birds and Mewtwo, but not uh, Missing No or Mew, because I put them on the same footing. Again, fuck you, Mew. I <laughs> uh, didn't know if you'd have Pokemon jokes, so that's good to hear. I'm glad someone does. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of jokes, this this is you know guy. what this, this is you know he's used psychological warfare on us is what he's done. <laughs> this is Robert Cialdini, Doran face influence. We, he knew we didn't want to talk about Buddha Judge and, and Beto, and so he started <laughs> out by tanking it, just running it into the dirt, the shit dirt of that bit. <laughs> and now we're looking up at, at just a infuriating New York Times article because at least we'll have made progress in the right direction. Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. I'm I'm Rob at Dumb and Awful. I'm Brad at Fizz for Shizzle. Alrighty. So we're going to do Beto and Buttigieg for this candidate episode. And the way we organize these for anybody who's listening to the other ones is we do sort of a general context where they came from, how they got to power, uh, their votes and positions, and then just sort of like other additional context. And let me. God, that feels even if all of those are five minutes a piece, that's so long. And then let me just <laughs> and let me just let me just interrupt here and say that I, when I put this uh, thing on Bader together, this was done like in January or February, and so so much more like dumb, awful bullshit and reasons to hate this guy have occurred since I originally put this together. So we'll try to fill in the gaps. But I like that you're able to work in the titular reference, though. Yeah, I, I, I thank you. Honestly, I'm I'm most psyched about getting to say titular. How often do you use that word? Not enough. Unless you're like a, a surf hippie that works at a California strip club. I'm that's not going to do that character. That's just, you can figure it out in your head. That was a terrible joke. I didn't. Well, technically, I didn't make it. <laughs> I was just like, hey, what if this horrible thing happened and then you executed it in your head? <laughs> Terrible joke inception. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, joke inception, right? Yeah, but you know how quick it was? We pulled that bandaid off real quick. <laughs> All right, Beto. Take it away. Uh, so he was born in El Paso. His dad was a local politician. He was a county commissioner and a county judge and worked for Jesse Jackson and then switched parties and failed to win as a Republican candidate multiple times. His mother uh, was related to a former Secretary of Navy under JFK. He got that DWI in 1998, but he's always been pretty straightforward about that one. Then he went to Columbia, got a bachelor's in English Lit, and afterwards he just had a series of these random jobs, uh, and then eventually founded a tech company, Stanton Street Tech Group in 99, um, with a $20,000 loan from his father to help out. And that's the main way he managed to make money. Uh, it's still running. His wife is actually running it now. Um, his wife he met in 2004, before he ran for office and she he was a tech boom guy 
and that he actually survived the like dot com bubble bursting. Yeah, crazy, right? Well, his company also managed to get uh, some very interesting contracts uh, through his marriage connection, which is yeah. always nice. His wife's dad is not quite a billionaire, but close. He sold a company for like two and a half billion. Uh, somebody actually called him a billionaire and Forbes went out of their way to say, no, actually, he's not quite wealthy enough for us to consider that a billionaire. Uh, he's just wildly wealthy. Yeah, exactly. the struggle's real. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, so he had a few contracts with his stepdad's company, his internet company. Uh, so it's part of how Beto managed to stay afloat. Uh, my stepdad's internet company? <laughs> That's not, Actually, I'm not even doing woke Borat. That's just Borat. I'm just doing Borat now <laughs> to, escape, to escape the pain of learning about Robert O'Rourke's life. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I'll say for general context stuff is, as we've, uh, one, he's worth $9 million. Largely, that's a combination of the company that he ran and then the marriage uh, because a bunch of its property that he, his wife and he bought together. And uh, the Beto is a nickname that his father intentionally gave him to make him seem more appealing to Hispanic people in El Paso. Like, at what age did he get that nickname? Like, was he raised from, is he like Jack Kennedy, like raising his kids to be politicians from birth or whatever? Yes. Honestly, yes. There's been a few episodes where, or a few uh, articles where, uh, Beto has talked about the fact that he was relatively introverted and his father would force him to go to all of these events and shindigs and glad hand with people. And uh, he's gone out of his way to say, you know, now I, I really am appreciative for that. I mean, it, it's pretty normal, I think, to be named after, to be named to appeal to a demographic, like not to dox myself, but I mean, you know, my real name is Rob Big Little Lies and that's to <laughs> appeal to the gays. <laughs> <laughs> They're a powerful voting block. <laughs> I love that. My favorite thing about Beto is how like he keeps bringing up his DUI as like, and it's almost turned it into a positive. Like he's so privileged, even like this thing that generally ruins people's lives if they're not a rich white guy from a connected father becomes like a positive for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, he, he's he's like the Ted Kennedy motivational speaker. <laughs> like, did I drown that woman? Yes. But I didn't let her drown me. Standing ovation. <laughs> uh, he also got picked up for uh, trespassing on UTEP's campus at one point too, but they didn't press charges because again, oh what? Yeah, whatever. He got drunk. He was, you know, that's that's nothing. Like that's not a DUI. Like he just got drunk and was fucking around. That's he who has not dr drunkenly, you know, run around on UTEP's campus, cast the first stone on YouTube's campus. UTEP. What the fuck is UTEP? Uh, I speak for the common man here. He doesn't know what the fuck UTEP is. University of Texas, El Paso. Oh, okay. I'm going to go back to not knowing. It's where they play the Sun Bowl every year. Because uh, you know that really obscure, small college bowl. Oh, yes. I mean, I do know it. I'm not happy that I know that. But I'm a Tar Heels fan, and they get to play there. So, What is a Tar Heel? Tar Heel? I'm glad you asked. Doodle-doo, During the Revolutionary <laughs> War, uh, the British soldiers were said to have claimed the North Carolina soldiers were such fierce fighters, it was like they had tar on the heels of their shoes. So there you go. Stubborn? And you a, look, that's the Revolutionary War equivalent of the guy who's like, was just in a hipster coffee shop. <laughs> Everyone says Trump has the biggest dick. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm going to go on the record. Nobody said that about the Virginia soldiers or whatever. <laughs> Guys, you hear what they're saying? They're saying that we're, we're so stuck in that it's like we got, we got tar on our heels. 
good one, asshole. <laughs> but he just kept repeating it. Even in like the 18th century, that was like, shut the fuck up, Dave. Like, no one's listening to you. There were clever people alive back then. <laughs> that guy should have got dunked on to death. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin comes out of nowhere with like a blistering pamphlet about how bad of a joke that was. All right, so how Beto got elected in 2005, he ran for city council and he ran on a platform of developing the downtown and border reform. He won in, uh, his reelection in 2007 as well. But in 06, he got accused of a uh, conflict of interest for helping kick contracts to his super rich father-in-law. Uh, oh. the gist of, yeah, the gist of it is basically he was uh, a city council member when his dad was part of this uh, real estate development in a uh, El Paso Barrio neighborhood. And he or didn't comment or do anything about the fact that they were uh, going to use eminent domain to seize properties from people just so that they could turn around and sell it to a real estate development trust by his father-in-law. Mm. It ended up not going anywhere, mostly because of the uh, outrage. But yeah, so Beto was happy to help make that happen. Other times he recused himself, but on that one, no, he was he was happy to help uh, kick it to his father-in-law. Uh, while he was in... He did, Very punk. He did the same shit. I, every time we do research on these people who are like mayors or city councilors, they always do the same shit. They try to turn downtown into this like liberal business park utopia bullshit oh it's all yeah same fucking thing it's always like work live communities with like you know a starbucks and a grocery store and some condos and like a, a park that you're not allowed to like sit in you know yep. it's yeah it's just fucking and it's always and that's like how you make money if you're a corrupt like local politician right you find some contractor who you're gonna like you know to goose this thing and you throw all the other bids out and voila, then you've got your reelection money. It happens every fucking time. Exactly. This was the same shit Cory Booker bragged about too, that he managed to make downtown Newark into like a liberal business park fucking hellhole. It's the same thing Buttigieg brags about, which we'll get to in a bit. Like they, every fucking liberal when they're in charge of a, a local space, this is their fucking solution economically. Every time. Look, man shapes his environment to fit his desires. And liberals are no different. They just do it with the fucking most obnoxious Starbucks and Panera implementation. Ugh. Uh, so then in 2012, he ran for a house seat in El Paso, um, which is a really firmly Democratic district uh, to the point where basically whoever wins the Democratic parent primary wins handily. And uh, the person he, he ran against in the primary, he managed to beat them barely uh, by pushing hard on drug liberalization he's very pro marijuana legalization and by supporting lgbtq rights which the democratic opponent did not was kind of a dick about that so it's how he managed to win his initial house election which is again like the most traditionally classical you know hey i love weed and gay people are right but i've got to take imminent domain to these immigrants to turn this into a you know mixed use skate park slash coffee slash brewery joint you know what i mean i know i honestly the weed thing and we can actually just start talking about his positions the weed thing is probably the most firmly held position he has by far he wrote a book about it and then he performed with willie nelson last summer as well like the dude really really fucking loves weed um it's the only thing he is significantly in favor of that he hasn't wavered on other things he did while he was in office so we can talk about his positions and votes um he co-sponsored a Republican bill to help repeal the CFPB because fuck consumer protections. 
Uh, right now, he's saying he supports the Green New Deal. Uh, he also, as a Floridian, fuck him for this one, he voted with the Republicans to uh, kill a Democratic bill, which would have banned oil drilling near Florida. Thanks, Beto. Piece <laughs> of shit. Um, and then he also, uh, this bill just cracked me up. He waved, He voted for a bill that waives liability for utility companies if they start forest fires and create other damages. Well, it's not like we got any forests in Texas, <laughs> so light it up, baby. I just like, what the fuck? Like, how is that even a bill? I, 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 that one, a lot of stuff he votes on makes no fucking sense. Like, how do you even get there, man? No, I think I think I think Beto makes absolutely perfect sense. Like, take away his supporting the Green New Deal. Like, even or even fuck it, leave it in because I'm sure there's a way to work yourself around with this. Beto is like a classic early to mid '90s uh, libertarian. Like, just pure to the core. He's big into tech, doesn't care about gays, loves he's weed. He's got a 12-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like several Duke Nukem mods where you can see more titties. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, everything has, you know, a free market solution. Like, we don't need to regulate anything. Like, the business will take care of itself. The good company doesn't... The good utility company doesn't need a disincentive not to set fires because, like, a, the market will, you know, leave people away from that utility if a fire is set like you know like everything about him is like the dude on the skateboard from the movie hackers right that, well no? he, he used to skateboard and he was in a hacker group so there you go oh fuck i forgot about that i didn't even mean to do that <laughs> shit he is the bad guy from that fucking angelina jolie movie where they hack the planet i remember that movie's fucking terrible actually uh, they didn't hack the planet they hacked the gibson I thought the I thought the the motto was hack the planet. Yes, it was, but it wasn't what they hacked. (laughs) I apologize. Misleading motto, but most of us were able to parse it. (laughs) It's a new character I'm doing. It's the disdainful hackers super fan. (laughs) So as a Taurus, Angelina had a hard time working with her uh, (laughs) co-stars. You should have known that. Yeah, but even like the Green New Deal, which he's he's obviously doing just to like you know fucking whatever because he thinks it will need to be done i'm sure there's some completely ridiculous and counterproductive libertarian way to get to that you know what i mean like yeah i mean the stuff that he that you could say is the best thing about his support outside of the weed stuff is all incredibly soft it's a general like yeah no uh the green new deal sounds cool and that's about it that's about the depth that he goes to on these things right which is why i do think it's helpful that like he has these votes to talk about like Wall Street stuff, he's talked a little bit about how he supports, for in general, for corporate America, deregula- uh, deregulation. I know he supports that. Yeah. Um, he supports breaking up the big companies uh, and doing more anti-monopoly stuff. What would that even mean these days? Yeah. I, what do you, uh, uh, you're going to break Amazon into two of the biggest companies in the world instead of one? I mean, that's like, what Warren wants to do. Yeah. She wants to break them up into like five. Same with Facebook. Facebook, she would break up back into their component pieces before they bought Instagram and all and uh, WhatsApp. But yeah, that is that's literally a policy somebody else is pushing. So he's just sort of like aping onto that because yeah, he's good. like vaguely said similar things, but he once again refuses to get specific. But uh, yeah, because what? Well, yeah, please explain to me the specifics of breaking up Amazon. I get oh. that was great. Thank you. Oh. Oh. I mean, they the the DOJ at any point, if they were more aggressive, could break up a ton of companies. They just refuse to do it. Mm, well, they got to defend uh, the last, Trump. Like, even before that, the last like 20 years, regardless of president, have just allowed more and more consolidation in corporate America. Like 
almost every industry is hyper consolidated because the DOJ just rubber stamps anybody who wants to merge at this point. DOJ, more like D O Hey, do your job and prosecute these guys. <laughs> I appreciate the slow build on that uh, joke. I'm doing my best. I know you are. I appreciate I it. I can feel my soul leaving my body. <laughs> but for the listener, Brett allowed me an emotional support trot. So if I get too bummed out <laughs> having to talk about this horrible topic, I'm just going to tag out. I'm, but I'm not there yet. I'm persevering. Persevere through Beto. I believe in you. You know what? He persisted too. We forget <laughs> about that. Other big stuff. So healthcare, he constantly changes his position. I, even the fucking New York Times called him out on this. And they said, you know, when he was in the house, he sat unequivocally, a single payer Medicare for all program is the best way to ensure blah, blah, blah. But then during a Senate campaign, he avoided all that, calling instead for high quality healthcare it and access. If you went to his health policy page on his w website, it changes um, changes positions so much that you'd think you were reading a neoliberal Kama Sutra. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Why am I so tired all of a sudden? Anyway, <laughs> let's end on Beto before Rob uh, commits seppuku on air. All right, I'll do one more. This is just for me. Uh, he has no fucking foreign policy stance at all. Like, he does not talk about Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, like nothing. The only thing he'll talk about is Israel, where he once did a good thing where he voted against giving a ton of money to Israel for their uh, missile defense system, and then immediately got pushed into going on a trip to visit Israel and came back and started doing a both sides discussion where, oh, you know, both Palestine and Israel have, have created a lot of hurt. In the world, well, he, he he won't he won't be the first O'Rourke to go on birthplace. What's it? Fuck birthright. birthright uh, whatever. <laughs> Pulling the ripcord on this one, uh, but you know what? I'm doing it with style. Mission Impossible 2's Limp Biscuit theme is playing in the background. Boom, 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 but boom, boom, and then I'm I'm pulling the ripcord. I really anyway. talk about that. Remember that movie started with Tom Cruise like climbing like without a rope up the face of a you know five hundred foot mountain. Yeah, and every time his hand slipped, he looked at the rock like he was mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> He's very difficult that. to work with. Even the rocks are complaining. <laughs> Nothing. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> General thoughts about Beto. Be oh, sorry. I was. I was. Uh, uh, sorry, I missed part of that. When, when he said that thing, I started walking towards my car to drive up and execute you. Um, but then I sound like Brett was still talking. General thoughts of Beto. Beto wants to be the comfortable liberal white guy who is vice president for whomever becomes president. He is not really running for president. He wants Warren or Sanders or Biden to tag him for VP. That is his plan. I actually think he, he thought he could win. When he started running, like that insane quote where he was talking about it and he was talking about how he had the speech and he was saying, uh, quote, because every word was pulled out of me, like by some greater force, which was just the people there. Everything I said, I was like watching myself being like, how am I saying this stuff? Where is this coming from? Man, I'm just born to be in it. And I want to do everything I humanly can for this country at this moment. Like the, that man's got a fucking ego the size of the sun. Like he genuinely thought he could win. And now that the uh, libs have found a, or not a, but other 
shitty white men that they can support. He's his whole candidacy is dying. I'm yeah, curious I, to see what happens now, though. Yeah, he was a really, really cute, you know, Senate candidate. And he got all this big money because it was like, holy shit, we could get a Democratic senator from Texas. And he was going up against Ted Cruz. We can knock Ted Cruz out and yada, yada, yada. And he might have thought like, oh, man, I really am popular. But, you know, like running as a Democrat in Texas is a whole lot different than running nationally. And he's sort of learning uh, that now as, you know, his star is fading. But, I mean, yeah, I think he's really just VP. Please let me be VP. He just, in that way, he reminds me of like Tulsi Gabbard, only uh, with shittier takes and listens to Blink-182. <laughs> is Tulsi still running? Yep. Yeah. I mean, she's running like Beto is to be a VP. Oh, no. To she's be a VP or a cabinet member. Or I actually think she's running to be a senator. To yeah, she's just increasing her, her profile. Yep. I was going to say, Beto, I think, is, uh, I think is doomed at this point. I think we all are. It yeah. certainly feels that way, <laughs> both in a broader sense and in the instant moment. But I'm curious to see what happens when he bails really quickly and then attempts to go run a Senate campaign in Texas, because I think that's what's going to happen. Is this is going to go so poorly he's going to bail out and try to run for Senate. And I'm curious if he has fucked himself so badly that he doesn't even have the same level of support this time. Yeah, that's the only thing. Because, like, John Cornyn is not unbeatable. Like, you know, as, as he feels like he's, he's so been bladed there. generic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've, I've looked this up previously. He didn't win great last time. And, but, like, at that point, you're Beto O'Rourke and you've, you haven't, you've lost two elections in a row, essentially. And you've lost to Ted Cruz. Like, you know, what are you, what are you expecting to get out of your third time? You know what I mean? Like, how many times do you need to lose an election? I know. Hey, look, sometimes, sometimes it takes you three tries, you know? That's, that's how long it took Jesus to rise from the dead. And that's how long <laughs> he's, just, he's just down in hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, fuck. Okay, day one, I'm going to figure this shit out. Yeah. What was Jesus? Day two, he's like, he's like, oh, man, this is embarrassing. They're probably, day three, he's like, okay, they're going to forget about me if I don't do this right now. And then basically the Batman scene from the one with the Tom Hardy happened. Yeah. And he climbed his way out. Dark Knight anyway, Rises. Anyway, <laughs> I, I went to Concordia Christian College, so I pretty much have this shit down. <gasps> I've never thought, like, what was Jesus doing for two fucking days? Just... <laughs> He's sentient, is he not? He had to have passed the time. What does he have, the click remote? Where he's, he's in He's in hell theologically, like, talking to Satan. That's, that's the story. For three days. I just like, he's like, he gets there. He's like, oh, it's not that bad. And then like two days later, he's like, God, no, fuck this. Like, I cannot handle this another day. Like that. There's a dude that just won't shut up talking about anime or something. And yeah, like, that's Satan. Okay. <laughs> he just got dragged into a three day debate about what is the best anime. And he just couldn't. I am Satan. If you do not think show bits are kawaii, <laughs> you are a baka. <laughs> <laughs> in nominee revolutionary girl utena <laughs> uh, i feel like john would get along with satan <laughs> yeah. john's like john would be like to him. <laughs> yeah. john's like actually neon genesis evangelion had them like no quiet <laughs> that's the only anime i know is that a good one yeah okay cool uh, <laughs> I, I mean there's no right answer there <laughs> Good's that relative, one, but but it's that, it's it's interesting. That one and Akira, those are like the two I've seen. That's a weird combination. Yeah, it is. Oh, also, uh, Legends of Galactic Heroes. <laughs> Honestly, I love when my heroes are galactic. <laughs> I'm talking about the band Galactic that 
tours the south and jams. <laughs> Those are my heroes, <laughs> not these goddamn troops. <laughs> Speaking of our heroes not being troops, <laughs> but a geek. Pete Butt, Butt Edge Edge, Buddha Judge. Buddha Judge, whatever his name Buddha is. Buddha Judge. Well, what kind of fascist tells me how to pronounce his name? Okay. <laughs> uh, it is it is boot edge edge, in case you're curious, but edging twice, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't do that or it'll go back the other way. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect that that to be the joke off of his name, thank you. Neither did I, yet here we are. There's been a lot of unexpected and horrible things happening, both in the country and in this podcast, and yet we will persevere. That is the hope. Hashtag. So Buttigieg grew up in South Bend because his parents are both Notre Dame professors. His dad's a professor in literature. His mom's a linguist. And Pete has been the perfect special good boy child forever. Is, is she, she's a linguist? Is she a cunning, cunning professor? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I played with your expectations, circumvented them, maybe. <laughs> Normally, to, you want to go for to a positive effect, but I've chosen not to do that this time, and that's valid. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so, Buttigieg has always been like the perfect, brilliant, special boy who does everything right and loves the teacher, and the teacher loves him. Uh, he want a fucking JFK. A real Macron, huh? Yeah, honestly, yes. Uh, uh, that, uh, that's uh, a, uh, exactly uh, who it is. Uh, he fucked his teacher. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, hey, he married that woman, so it's real love. Guess what? It's 2019. We fucking wives, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for mistresses anymore. <laughs> that's the progressive Frenchman. <laughs> King Jupiter bringing back fidelity. I don't care who sees me out in public holding hands with my wife because she's beautiful. <laughs> well, that's a half truth anyway. Oh, okay. Neg? On you. <laughs> Random neg there. All right. <laughs> yeah, stop. Sir, stop negging the president's wife. <laughs> so he uh, did amazingly well in school, blah, blah, blah. So he won this JFK essay contest by writing about Bernie Sanders. It was actually like the topic of his essay was how Bernie Sanders is so courageous. And, <clears throat> and why is he running against him with just cardinally opposite policies? So let me give you a quote from this, because I, at first I was like, oh, that's cool. So he actually likes Sanders. Well, eh, kind of. Quote, while impressive, Sanders' candor does not itself represent political courage. The na nation is teeming with outspoken radicals in one form or another. Most are sooner called crazy than courageous. It is the second half of Sanders' political role that puts the first half into perspective. He is a powerful force for conciliation and bipartisanship on Capitol Hill. God. <sighs> yep. Oh, yeah. Mainline that shit. Oh. So he picked he picked Bernie fucking Sanders to be like, you know what I like about Bernie? Is that he's a wild and crazy dude who still just compromises all the time anyway. Love that. Just imagine Republicans and Democrats stepping out across the aisle and over the backs of everyone who's not white. It'd be so cool. And I, I just, I love Buddha judge, make it happen. I love even in the essay, it's like, oh, he's a radical. There's plenty of radicals, you know, in Washington, D.C. But like at this point in like, when was this? I guess this essay would have been written like when? Like early to mid 90s? Uh, no, early 2000s. He's not that early. Oh, fuck. Even early 2000s. Okay, fuck him even more. Like, who was your radical leftist liberal in the Senate or the House in the early 2000s? 
Like, that who is a, his... Yeah, who are you comparing him to? It's Barbara Lee and Bernie Sanders, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and, like, Barbara Lee has, like, never done anything wrong. Like, all of her votes stand up. You know, but you're comparing Bernie Sanders to, like, who was your fucking lunatic, you know, I guess, in, in early 2000s? Uh, fucking John Boehner? Or, no, I, no, not even him. Who was your... Yeah, anyway, this is trash. He was pretty cool, in retrospect. He's cooler now that he's out. You know he works <laughs> for a weed company? Yeah. All he does is like drink wine every day starting at 10 a.m. and mow his lawn. He drinks <laughs> wine and he helps promote that weed should be legal. I'm just going to say Boner, automatic slav. Because <laughs> he reminds me of my uncle. He's drunk all day. He's just complaining. He's shouting at people who are playing golf. Now, in my uncle's case, he's not actually in the game. But <laughs> I see the similarities. <laughs> anyway, give me, give me more reasons to hate this piece of shit. Keep going. Uh, so then he went to Harvard. He studied history and literature. So okay, that that he, did it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm he good. wrote he wrote his undergrad thesis. So basically, a big paper. Uh, thank, thank you for explaining you. what yeah. an undergrad <laughs> thesis was. <laughs> Fucking asshole! You've, you've really told on yourself in terms of the IQ level of the listener in your mind. Oh, that's more for me because I I just don't like he refers to this all the fucking time. And very I, cool. And I finally That's had to look cool it up. Thing to do. I finally had to look it up because I was like, his thesis. So this is his master's or PhD thesis from me. It's like, no, it's his fucking undergrad thesis. Like, all right. Can I, can I just can I just say that's that's the thing I hate the most about him. It's just like he has he has that thesis like, inflation. No, just not that. But uh, the fact that he's the sort of person that would complain about thesis inflation, like he would be like, oh, it used to be harder back in my. He, I know so many. I know so many New York liberals that are absolutely the type to be like, uh, what's 1540. Oh, uh, sorry. I thought you were just asking me my SAT. I'm sorry. That's what 30, 34. What's that? <laughs> oh, it, no, again, my, my bad. That's ACT. Both were very good. Anyway, got, got a lot of, got a lot of money in my scholarship. Uh, so have you read Ulysses? Like, like he's, he's the guy who reads infinite jest while sitting on the train. Like, and that appeals to a certain sort of absolutely uh, otherwise out of touch Northeastern liberal. Like the media class love, the, they, they love the fact that, you know, he makes sur surface level references to like, yeah, books like, they've heard of or yeah. read in their liberal arts education. Well, this yeah. reminds me of that scene in uh, Gravity's Rainbow where uh, the bomb was falling and they were making love in the garden. That's basically... I mean that's basically what he's running on. Like that—that's his whole—that's his whole platform, right? Appealing to those people. Oh, uh, hundred percent. His thesis, by the way, is uh, the influence of Puritanism on U.S. foreign policy as reflected in Graham Greene's novel *The Quiet American*. God. And I like *The Quiet American*. It's a good book, but the amount of times that he fucking quotes from it is making me hate it and Graham Greene now. He quiet American. It sounds like he didn't learn the lessons from that book, huh? He hundred shut up. He hundred percent did not. You should shut up. I wish he was a quiet American. <laughs> I wish he was a more more quiet American. I wish there was a sequel. It was, was going to be called a more quiet American. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, a forward by Rob, who thinks this is the way it should be. It's a dope movie, by the way. Michael is Caine, Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, I, 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 I confused that movie with the uh, George Clooney movie where he's the spy in Italy. Oh, this one's way better. A quiet American, and it's about Pete Buttigieg, but wearing a bikini, and he breathes through his skin, and he rolls around on the ground at Mother Base. <laughs> the Metal Gear Solid people are gonna get that. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would love to see Pete Buttigieg's eyes just turn like totally black as he teleports multiple times and then tops me into a big puddle. <laughs> I don't think I've played enough Metal Gear Solid games to contribute to that. I'm sorry. You know, he tickles the ivories before his debate. Uh-huh. He, Does he, he, can, he can play he can yeah. play piano. Oh, that's great. He was oh, a student asshole. president of the Institute of Politics at Harvard. Ugh. By the way, when uh, so while he was at Harvard, uh, he talked about this in his really garbage book. That's cool. I wish he died there of a sudden stroke. <laughs> but so while he was there, there was hello a, FBI. There was a, <laughs> what I'm not saying. I, 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 I'm saying I wish that we were in a the look according to the De Broglie whatever wavelength theory. Uh, there's many universes, and in one, and actually an infinite number, yeah. he had a stroke at Harvard. And I'm sa- I'm just exploring the idea, <laughs> the idea that qualitatively there could be differences. There could be a world where uh, Budigag is dead, and it would be a great world to live in. Yeah, but there's also worlds where he died, but you know who survived? Robert E. Lee, and he found an immortality potion, and now he's super hot. And oh, fuck, I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seems like a real specific pitch there, Rob. I'll be back in about four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, while he was at Harvard, there was a uh, protest going on. This student group, the Progressive Student Labor Movement, did a sit-in. Not enough racism. Not enough <laughs> racism. No, they were actually good. They did a sit-in demanding a living wage for janitors and food workers who worked for Harvard. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. Yeah, like a genuinely good thing. And so the way he described it is just like, this is happening. Um, and he said, that spring, a daily diversion on the way to class was to see which national figure, Cornel West or Ted Kennedy one day, John Kerry or Robert Reich another, had turned up in the yard to encourage the protesters. Fucking Robert Reich. <laughs> <laughs> Striding past the protesters and the politicians addressing them on my way to a pizza and politics session with More a like journalist. We need a, I, if you ask me, sorry to interrupt, but if you ask me, Robert Reich, I think we need a third Reich, you know, because the first two aren't working out. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> that is, don't clip that. <laughs> so he's saying he was going to this, he, he just walked damn, right just past found out what the Damn, just found out what the third Reich was. Pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Wait, that's not even how that meme goes. <laughs> so he has this quote about walking past the protesters, right? He never thought to engage with them or support them or lobby for a living wage. But he says, quote, I did not guess that the students poised to have the greatest near-term impact were not the, and he uses this term, social justice warriors at the protests, Ooh. but a few mostly apolitical geeks who are quietly working in Kirkland House, Zuckerberg at all. Speak, speaking of near-term impact, I wish his mother had an abortion. <laughs> Third trimester, second, whatever. Just make it happen, Captain. <laughs> she could have done it while reading Prost or something like that. Like, just do it. If anyone can hear this, please get me out. <laughs> so after Harvard, he uh, got a Rhodes Scholarship. Of course he fucking did. Went, went and got More a like a roadhead scholarship. <laughs> that's that's uh, um, that w- that would be a, a pretty wacky thing to exist. <laughs> By the way, there's. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, take a second. I mean, isn't that? Don't we give those out in Florida? Hey. 
So he got the road scholarship because everything in life comes to this child. Uh, you know, I, so when I was reading an article, I was reading up on about this, the current affairs article, and it was really good. But one of the fun random things in there is that apparently, so the road scholarship gets uh, criticized all the time. But Andrew fucking Sullivan, of all people, has a shocking article talking about how uh, the people who win are, are all uh, excessively concerned with their own achievements um, and they're not known for their creative brilliance, but for their Andrew ability. Sullivan said this. Yeah, Andrew Sullivan made this Andrew, criticism. Andrew Sullivan, like, did he burst into flames after submitting that article? I just—it's just one of those things where it's like when you're more more of a shit lib centrist than Andrew Sullivan or do that because there's other things where like do that has criticized that even he can't bring himself to. Like people will criticize Harvard and, and not Buttigieg. He could never criticize Harvard. Andrew Sullivan or Buttigieg, like the, I don't, I hate both of them. They're they're the two opposites of insufferable nerd. There's the one who's just like publicly studying in the library during lunch every day, and then the one that's like, oh man, I even stu- I don't, I've never even heard of the Civil War. I just got an A plus. I don't even, I probably smoked weed during it. I don't know what you get less than me probably. Anyway, again, fifteen forty. Fifteen forty. Which That's I, Andrew Sullivan, so not any better. Uh, so after his after his Rhodes Scholarship, he uh, got a job at McKinsey Consulting, and I'm the gonna, firm, the firm. Which I'm gonna take a quick aside to explain, like who the fuck that is, because it, it it matters a lot for why he's a massive piece of shit, and it helps explain his whole style. So I actually work in consulting. I've done government consulting, and I do cannabis consulting now. So I am very familiar with these people. It's a really shitty, soulless industry. But at the top, there's three firms, McKinsey, Bain, and Boston Consulting Group, and BCG. And all three of them recruit exclusively from Ivy League schools, right? And one of them broke Batman's back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They recruit exclusively from Ivy Leagues. And McKinsey especially is known as the firm because they've been around forever. They've supported a series of just terrible, terrible policies that have made their way throughout corporate and uh, government organizations as well. They're the ones who innovated the idea of mass layoffs. They're the ones who came up with calling them right-sizing. Apparently, they actually advised uh, on Zyklon B how to make that more efficient, that process back in the day. Wait, Currently, what do, mean, what do you mean more efficient? Like how to how to how to produce the chemicals more efficiently? I like the idea of them being like, well, I don't like the idea, but I'm imagining, <laughs> I'm imagining the idea of them being like the Tim Gunn of Zyklon B, where they're just like, I like what I'm seeing here. It's a start, but can we do better? Uh, you don't have to imagine. They- Make it work. On no, 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 pulling the ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, McKinsey currently is super tied into Saudi Arabia. They actually did a report on uh, Twitter users who were criticizing Saudi Arabia during their austerity policies. And immediately after turning that report in, almost all of those people were arrested and surveilled. I actually, uh, I got on that list, not because I did anything political, but just because if you surveil me, that's more screens streaming twice as fancy. <laughs> We're going to break those YouTube records. Let's do it once as <laughs> to the NSA, to the NSA guy listening. You can't hit the, the repeat button. You actually have to hit F5 and reload the whole page for it to count as a view. <laughs> uh, so McKinsey also is still uh, 
They were. Oh my God, we're still talking about that. Yeah. It never ends. It never. I forgot for a blessed second. I was like, man, support Dion, and now I'm remembering. I'm talking about Bane Capital, and I already used my excellent Batman joke. <laughs> we're talking about Mackenzie, who's somehow manages to be worse than Bane. Oh, great. They've they've consulted uh, pretty much every dictator that's not in North Korea. Uh, they recently got in a ton of trouble for accepting a bunch of illegal contracts in South Africa to the point where now they're being sued and some of them might go to jail. And so he has actually been asked about this, about McKinsey and like moral qualms. So an interview actually asked him, uh, your post-college McKinsey training sometimes come through and how you talk about projects here. But what do you make of the recent coverage of their work with foreign governments or the report of their work with Purdue Pharma around Oxycontin? Sorry, they also published a report on how to supercharge the growth of Oxycontin for pharma, Purdue Pharma. So they're involved with that as well. And Buttigieg's response was, uh, quote, that I didn't follow. I, I saw the ones going on with the Saudi piece and then the South African thing they got mixed up into. I again, it's the same thing. I think you have a lot of smart, well-intentioned well -intentioned people who sometimes view the world in a very innocent way. I wrote my thesis on Graham Greene, who said that innocence is like a dumb leper that has lost his bell, wandering the world, meaning no harm. Yeah, I, I wrote my thesis on Eckhart Tolle, who said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's also the interviewer to their credit actually pushed back. They were like, "Yeah, hey, he wrote that about Vietnam, you fucking idiot. And, <laughs> and he tried to turn around and make this equivalency with law firms. Uh, it was like, you don't see blanket denunciations of law firms that serve any number of these clients because the thought is just client service is what it is. And you, yeah, well, you should. And you so. serve people and represent their interests. But there seems to be a higher expectancy of consultancies. And it may be because consultancies, consultancies take a lot of pride in the work that they do with foundations and other great causes. What? It's fucking yeah, gibberish. Do, doing a good thing doesn't absolve your bad things. They're, they're two independent actions. How is this guy a Rhodes Scholar and Mr. Genius Boy who speaks Norwegian and... Uh, by the way, he doesn't speak Norwegian. He managed to string out three words, and they they reported as he's fucking fluent. As as it was touching when in the wake of the catastrophe at Notre Dame, as we say, I, with the French accent, yes. that he he gave a uh, a, uh, <laughs> a eulogy in French to the loss of you know the great uh, monument to Catholic pedophilia. You know, I haven't I haven't when I saw those flames, I haven't cried so hard since. Uh... You know, I, I was in Afghanistan. Um, it's really a, a shame, of course, uh, not nearly as bad as what's going on in Ibiza right now, uh, which, is my, which is my partner telling me to shut the fuck up in text over and over because I keep asking him, I keep asking him why David Foster Wallace couldn't have finished his last novel. <laughs> No, no, he's the guy that says, like, David Foster Wallace's last novel is the dictionary he had when he highlighted his favorite words. And every now and then, God. he and his lover will lay in bed, you know, glistening in each other's <laughs> fluids or whatever, going through the pages and finding all their favorite alliterative terms for oh. what's just happened. He's so nauseating. Well, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I, again, less gross than that Pokemon thing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in case, this is really a, a, a hall of horrors this week huh? <laughs> what did he do in the military again was he so he uh right around the racism. time that he was finishing up mckinsey uh naval racism he was he was gonna he decided to run for mayor and he joined the naval reserves as an intelligence officer around that same time 
So he was in the reserves, which means up until he deployed, which so he ran for mayor, he got elected. Um, and like two years in, he got deployed to Kabul uh, doing intelligence officer shit for six months. That was probably the only time that he spent actually doing the military thing day in, day out. Right. I'm just deeply suspicious of the super politically savvy, everything is perfect Harvard person who joins the military as a reserve officer. Like there's something about that that's just fucking creepy and ladder climby and yeah. So like you as, as I mean? yeah, it's like I was gonna say like as a military person, do you think that's just total horseshit? Like Navy intelligence, what he was sitting in, you know, a a, a well protected base for you know 24 hours a day or something like that. Well, yeah, no, he was definitely doing that. I I have less of a problem with that. I just more there's something weird about the scions of power joining the military, but only in the reserves, only in the place where you're least likely to actually have to do it day in and day out in order to burnish your resume. You know what I mean? Are you yeah. telling me the guy that spent a year and a half applying for a Rhodes scholarship might be doing things just for the bullet point on the resume. The guy <laughs> that then became mayor and is running for president might have just been in it to coast through and get credit. He's been filling out his college application for his entire life. Yep, exactly. But he was so he was an uh, intelligence officer, ran for mayor, won in twenty nine. Isn't that a? Don't don't. <laughs> <laughs> he got to be mayor, and that's literally all he's done in politics, right? And there's all this weirdness when he was mayor, where he everything about how he wanted to run the city was pure technocracy. Right. He talked about he quote uh, with this from his book, quote, fresh from a job in management consulting and was eager to un- he's eager to unlock whatever efficiencies could be found. And he wanted to follow the data where it leads. And he talks about literally apps for pothole detection and smart sewers that use Wi-Fi sensors. Yeah. You want to see you want to follow the numbers and see where they lead. Buddha judge. OK, well, I fucking here, here's some numbers for you. Sixty nine. 420. <laughs> the numbers that spell out boobs when you put it backwards. <laughs> There's a he has this uh anecdote about when he was running for mayor where he's talking to this guy, um this this deacon who is at a black church in, in uh South Bend, who by the way, he never ever talks about helping with the uh really horrific racism in South Bend or the fact that the the economic differences between the white people who work for the school uh, and every African-American citizen is massive. Like the inequality difference is huge. Doesn't do any of that. But he, so he's talking to this guy as he's running and this guy says, yeah, I, you know, I like what I'm seeing and I like what you're saying, but how do I know you're not just another sweet talking devil trying to get my pants off? And that dude Ugh. 100% understands who the fuck Buttigieg is. Buttigieg. And Buttigieg all honestly says it was hard to think of a good answer to that. He literally can't answer, how do I know you're not lying to me? I'm surprised that someone that actually went to his event asked a question that wasn't just like, fuck, Mary, kill. A, P, I, B, <laughs> or study abroad. <laughs> Why'd well, Mary study abroad? Because I love Paris. Perry, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I, just was, lo- I just love it's in the black church where he got called out and had no idea like what the fuck to say that just it's perfect yep. to me like who the fuck are you like why you know you're full of shit tell me you're not and he wasn't able to do it 
No, of course not. And while he was mayor, he had this thing where uh, that I guess they have a lot of empty houses in South Bend because uh, it used to be a factory town and the factory left. It's empty a- houses of, for and a lot of empty brains there too, because <laughs> religion, That's spaghetti it. monster. So he was rack him. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> is this loss? I don't know what what other internet memes do I have to spew to get out of here. <laughs> This is the point where you've broken me, and I'm just telling you so much noise. It's why torture is not effective. How about, how about you just tip that fedora and... <laughs> Fe- feels, feels good, man. Um, uh. Anyway, uh, so while he was mayor, he was trying to level all of these abandoned homes. And what it turned into was fining and trying to force homeowners into making repairs or demolishing their houses. And hey, guess which poor part of the population got fucked over on that one so he just straight up demolished a bunch of poor people's houses the rich white people got fucked up right the rich white people yeah this was the one time that's ever happened okay cool cool cool. they, they got theirs <laughs> <laughs> uh he did the same sort of bullshit too where like he likes to claim that he revitalized the city uh when all that happened is he took over after a crash so there's only way to, one way to go um he let notre dame basically do whatever the fuck they wanted locally and uh, also, what is he? What, what is he? The Ohio State defense. <laughs> and there is a let uh, Notre Dame do whatever they wanted. It's a college football joke. And uh, a casino opened up. Saying at the their same defense time. is bad. I've I've shown a mirror to society, but only the part that cares about Big Ten football's uh, front four. So all the powerful members of society. Actually, that's probably right. Yeah, there's probably a good overlap between those two. Between Notre Dame and Ohio State, we've got pretty much like two thirds of the uh, Illuminati right there. That's a that's a sad thought. <laughs> I mean, it, it covers Just a Midwestern <laughs> Illuminati plus the Catholics. <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, so the only other thing during mayor I want to mention is there was a scandal. Uh, the police chief at the time was African American, and it's this weird scandal where it's hard. They accused Buttigieg of not actually having played Settlers of Catan. <laughs> and so he flipped, devastating flipped the fucking table. Devastating to his fan base. The claim is the police chief illegally recorded officers, but the recording showed that a bunch of white officers <laughs> were using racial slurs nonstop, right? <laughs> and so, so the actual- uh, so he re- so then he recorded them off their Twitch stream. Then <laughs> <laughs> he just—I was gonna say—did he even have to try? It was just leave any recording device out. Oh, yeah. The white cops are saying racist shit again in Indiana. Did he? Did he have a recording device, or was he just like on a call with somebody who overheard what was going on behind him? He was just on his phone trying to Snapchat and it kept getting just just making cute faces and it kept getting interrupted by some fucking white j- jackass in the background screaming the N-word at the top of his lungs. <laughs> so Buttigieg's response was to fire the police chief and then sue to make sure no one ever heard the tapes. Just a fuck. Yeah, right? <laughs> fucking asshole. Like, okay. A- interesting approach. Uh, it's At a- least the P tape, <laughs> but the P is uh, for Pollock because that's the slurs that they were saying. <laughs> All right, so we can talk about his policies. Oh, Do we have oh, to? Please, it's, it's quick because he's got quick. basically no policy. He's got nothing. He's got no firm policies. He says he supports the Green New Deal, but that's vague. Um, he claims to support support unions, but up until the Stop and Shop strike, he has literally never shown up to one. How about the gosh dang Soviet Union if you're looking for for unions to <laughs> to support? He's uh 
talked about supporting pulling Afghanistan, but not Syria. Don't really understand how he's splitting the hair on that one. He's against free college because, quote, Americans who have a college degree earn more than Americans who don't. As a progressives, I have a hard time getting my head around the idea majority who earn less because they didn't go to college subsidize a minority who earn more because they did. God, fuck him forever. Fuck him so hard. Fuck, fuck, fuck this motherfucker. God damn it. That's my that's my slogan. Thank you. Is, is anyone else seeing images of their lost loved ones beckoning <laughs> them into a bright light? <laughs> Uh, healthcare, he's fucking terrible. He claims he's all for single payer, uh, but says he doesn't want to go too fast to single payer and instead wants to do this policy called an all payer rate setting, which is, if it sounds like technocratic gibberish, is because it is technocratic gibberish. The entire idea is we let private insurance companies come together to pick what price they're willing to pay, and that's just what people pay. <sighs> How exactly that's single payer, I don't understand because they keep claiming it's the same thing. Uh, that that seems like it was cooked up in a fucking neolib think tank somewhere. Yeah, like, Delo- like this- Deloitte consulted that and came out with it or something like that. This is like someone someone I think Tick was like, ah, we'll show that Bernie fellow. Medicare for all sounds catchy, but what about all payer rate setting? There's a policy that can't get beat. My great great grandfather's taking me through the ancestral memories <laughs> of my entire family tree. I, I, I can see into the past where we're we're discovering tools and, and walking on our knuckles. It's about three hours ago in Polish <laughs> Greenpoint. <laughs> I saw where that was going and I still appreciated it. That's all that's that's my, me being defiant in the face of this endeavor. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm gonna die as I lived, owning the Slavs and myself. <laughs> Which is what that joke did. Respect. Uh, also, he's got some bullshit about he wants to do national service, which is feels like it's designed to make Northeastern libs fucking nod their heads in agreement. Talked about in Rachel Maddow. And this, by the way, this is where you know he's a super consultant. When he was, they were talking about Maddow was like, oh, okay, so, you know, it wouldn't be the draft. It'd be something else. And he goes, it wouldn't necessarily not be the draft. Everything he says, he has to do the consulting thing where you it's pure CYA, head, so yeah, you, I can't you, give you a definitive answer. Yeah. Got to hedge my bet, so that way I'm never wrong. And that's definitely what I want from a leader and the person who is going to help turn around a garbage system is constantly hedging your bets and being aligned with all of the most powerful oligarchs in the country. That's definitely. I hate the fucking draft. The draft is fucking horrible. It's the reason that Monster X is going to lose. Show new. <laughs> It's just not a good idea. I don't really mind about like us doing it here because I, who is that really going to affect? It's going to a bunch of poor people are going to die. It's not going to break up any good boy groups. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that's all of his policies I've got. He's uh, what is his what is his future in this horse race? Honestly, I don't think he's actually going to get that far. But he is the sort of perfect appeal for the liberal establishment. Because it's the same sort of thing they got with Beto is they recognize that any older Democrats fucked because they all have actual votes on the record and terrible policies looking at you, Biden. And so there's an appeal to finding someone that is a relative blank slate who claims vague progressive things in order to steal votes from Bernie is the thought while also uh, assuring you that they're actually on your side, which like no one who worked at McKinsey and went to Harvard isn't on your side right as an establishment person he's 
I'm coming home. <laughs> I told you I'd return. Is this the, is this the end to uh, Gladiator you're playing? My son. I discussed Pete Buttigieg. But now I'm here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no.